Ghosts of Christmas Past. By Michael Pakalik. Fiducia Supplicants, FS, has been called lots of things. Among the softer words are confused, ambiguous, a mess, and self-contradictory. Stronger language would include deceptive and incompetent. But what about, whatever its merits, inopportune or wrongly timed? These might look like the weakest complaints, but maybe they are the strongest. I mean, on what basis was this declaration issued just one week before Christmas, when Catholics are supposed to be awaiting the Christ child with all of their hearts? Days before Christmas, the whole of the Church's leadership, and much of its clerical class, seem to have been drawn into controversy, J.D. Flynn noted in the pillar. Many bishops were dismayed, such as Cardinal Daniel Sterla, of Montevideo, I don't think it was a topic to be raised now, at Christmas. It caught my attention powerfully, because it is a controversial issue. Major churchmen such as Archbishop Emeritus Shapu and CDF Prefect Emeritus Mola weighed in. Catholic commentators inevitably became focused on it, surely against their wishes. Pillar, Catholic World Report, Crisis, First Things, writers at the Catholic thing have discussed it seven times already during the Christmas season, taken broadly. I heard Catholic parents complain about the perceived assault on their family Christmas preparations, along the lines, do I need to shield my children from Vatican teaching now? What happened to make straight his paths in Advent? Wasn't John the Baptist martyred for not blessing in a regular relationship? While we were embroiled in controversy, surely the Christ child was neglected. If you have been a Catholic for a while and sensed that it wasn't always this way, you would be right. I searched the Vatican website going back to 1960 for papal teachings intended for the whole church, published in the last two weeks of Advent. I found, nothing. During those weeks, popes have given Angelus addresses and general audiences. They've met newly appointed ambassadors and received delegations and persons. But they have not issued any teaching or documents intended for the church as a whole, understandably, so as not to draw attention away from the coming of the Lord. The sole exception I discovered, sort of, was the letter of Pope John Paul II to children in the year of the family in 1994. But the letter is Christmas-centric. It begins. In a few days we shall celebrate Christmas, the holy day which is so full of meaning for all children in every family Christmas is the feast day of a child, of a newborn baby. So it is your feast day too. You wait impatiently for it and get ready for it with joy, counting the days and even the hours to the holy night of Bethlehem. I can almost see you, you are setting up the crib at home, in the parish, in every corner of the world, recreating the surroundings and the atmosphere in which the Saviour was born. Yes, it is true. At Christmas time, the stable and the manger take center place in the church. Pope John Paul II then says that the main message of Christmas is divine filiation, that, in baptism, we receive the power to become children of God. John 1 12. 18 years to the day before fiducia supplicants, Pope Benedict at his Angelus address began, in these last days of Advent the liturgy invites us to contemplate in a special way the Virgin Mary and St. Joseph, who lived with unique intensity the period of expectation and preparation for Jesus' birth. Citing Redemptoris Custos, he recommends that the Church become filled with the silence of St. Joseph, in a world that is often too noisy, that encourages neither recollection nor listening to God's voice, we are in such deep need of it. During this season of preparation for Christmas, let us cultivate inner recollection in order to welcome and cherish Jesus in our own lives. So, a document which seems to invent a new category of blessing, precisely so that same-sex couples, and by the by persons in irregular relationships, could be blessed, just had to be released one week before Christmas. Why? I can think of only one putatively good reason, but that is explosive. A bad reason would be that the DDF Prefect Fernandez was tasked with writing this document with highest urgency, he fell behind schedule, and it was released weeks later than originally intended. 
Another bad reason would be so that the document might receive precisely the attention that Cardinal Sterla said that it grabbed. A good reason, the only good reason, would be that the document was conceived of as a Christmas message. It does not say so openly, but it seems to signal this idea in its opening lines, the great blessing of God is Jesus Christ He is the eternal Word, with whom the Father blessed us while we were still sinners, Romans 5 8, as St. Paul says. He is the Word made flesh. See Pope Francis's 2020 General Audience Instruction on the Blessing. Indeed, as the Pillar reported, the group LGBT plus Catholics Westminster referred to FS as a welcoming, Christmas gift from the DDF and Pope Francis. While Bishop Cullinan in Ireland opined, this document is a valuable gift since it focuses on the beauty of blessings flowing from the heart of God and is particularly welcome before Christmas when we celebrate the greatest blessing on our world, Christ our Savior, who is born among us. So, was FS a blight upon Christmas and at odds with the main message of Christmas, or did it express, apparently for the first time, the true meaning of Christmas? The question thus posed is explosive. There are two fundamental mysteries of the Christian faith, the Incarnation and the Trinity. Christians can dispute about all kinds of things, and they have done so for centuries. But once a dispute gets tied to the nature of the Incarnation, then it is no ordinary disagreement, as a division over the Incarnation, it seems, can be resolved only by a council. 